Blog Talk Radio. Introducing in the red corner, American Tennis! And introducing in the blue corner, your host for American Tennis, Mr. Chuck Greasy! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And it's another week of American Tennis And thank you for tuning in to the UR Tennis Network That's the letter U, the letter R, the number 10 And the letter S Network And the Yellow Ball Network uh, Thank you, uh, J.P. Weber And uh, folks, Jason Haynes is the originator of the UR Tennis Network And uh wanted to say, first of all, please Please, please uh, send your prayers out and stay on your knees and uh, ask for um, some deliverance and some comfort for his family as his son, Seth, I believe his name is Seth. I'm not sure. He was hit by a car, and it it was pretty serious. He's going to live, but, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to have a lot of other complications. And uh, I talked to Jason earlier this week. And uh, what can you say? Just please, folks, just this is where we have to go to God and need. We need to go to him every day. We always do. We always do. What What is life about if we don't? I mean, what the heck? Isn't it a fool's gold at the end, end of our days if we've been to every circus and we're still not fulfilled? But uh, let's see if we can uh, get a prayer chain going out there in your churches and things. So, um Please, please keep him in your, your your prayers, you know. So thank you, Jason Haynes, for what you have done in uh, allowing us a platform to talk about tennis in the United States of America. And I wanted to give a little shout-out there and compliment and, and uh, way to go to Lisa Stone for her. I think she's her fifth year now in the Parenting Aces program on Tuesdays. And then, of course, John Denise with his Florida Connection uh, Lisa's at noon on Tuesdays, folks, and then uh, John Denise's Florida Connection is at four five thirty on Thursday afternoons, and uh, you can get both of these by going to the UR Tennis Network site and also to the Yellow Yellow Ball Network 
And look, every one of my shows for the past four and a half years are on chuckcreasy.net, K-R-I-E-S-E, Chuck, K-R-I-E-S-E.net, and I've got all my shows up there. So if you'd like to listen, go there. And uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And as you know, if you've listened to the program before, I try to say it the way it is as much as I can. And it's, I do not believe, by the way, that everybody in the world would want to be like me if only they knew how. <laughs> they say that strong-minded alpha males or alpha females often feel that way, that everybody in the world would want to be like me if only they knew how. And that's not that's, – I'm always looking for guidance, and I'm reminded every day of my life that, you know, and we see our, we don't see ourselves, we only feel ourselves, so we do, surely do need those mentors around us. We need those people above us and our best friends. we got to give our best friends permission to tell us, what do you see? What do you see? Am I really doing the work that I've been called to do? And, folks, I'm trying to do the work I've been called to do, and I believe if you don't do the work you've been called to do, it may never get done that is what is the only thing that will make us happy in the end or at peace you know what my my mommy used to say happiness charles happiness that's a bunch of baloney but she actually said the bs word folks she she said the bs word and uh it's been a long time so that's how i remember it anyway <laughs> uh but she said that's a bunch of baloney she said that the happiness is like a thermometer that goes up and down according to changing circumstances. You're happy one day, you're sad the next. It's like a kid at Christmas got his toys, is happy the next day, he's not. He said, search for peace and joy. She said, that's the thermostat or the barometer that you set. That's the thermostat. You set that and God can set that for you. Isn't that beautiful? And that's my mama. Boy, I believe a lot of, remembered a lot of stuff. And uh, anyhow, folks, this is American Tennis. We're going to talk about American Tennis today. And um, we're at a place, I, I was thinking about this as I was putting the show together today, that uh, there's four times during the year, where during the Grand Slams, that tennis builds to a great crescendo. We watch those matches. I just love the Australian Open. We'll get up in the middle of the night, and we'll catch some of it, and then you'll see the dramatic part of uh, some of the matches. And it's so daggone hot down there in Melbourne uh, down in January. And uh, those the players have to be tough. And this, this year with uh, seeing Federer winning, how exciting was that? And the ultimate battle of toughness, fitness, <clears throat> mental I mean, everything's there. Everything's there in our great sport. And then what happens is tennis sort of dies off for a while, then it comes back. And I don't know what we need to do. We do have the tennis channel. I, I, I just sort of feel that we're missing something that ties it all together. But, uh, boy, that was that was great. Made me proud to be in tennis. The PTR convention is going on this week down at Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, and hats off to Professional Tennis Registry. That was um, originated by Dennis Vandermeer, and uh, he just started his own deal. I mean, that was that was fantastic that he started the PTA, PTR years ago, and forget how many thousand, like four or five thousand members around uh, that are teachers around the world got a lot of people in the PTR that have done a wonderful, wonderful job. 
but when we talk about organizations, I wanted to give this disclaimer. Uh, when we do talk about organizations, we, we address issues, and we can talk badly all we want about organizations. We're not talking about individuals. We can talk well or badly. But in the end, organizations, the USTA, the ITA, PTR, the NCA, all these are organizations that are set up to hopefully, hopefully help us and to be of service. They should be service organizations, all of them. Um, we're a little bit concerned right now that the USTA and the ITA, as much as they do, I had a question a couple weeks ago, who owns tennis? Do they own tennis? Do you own tennis? Do you, do you, do, does anybody own education? Does anybody own tennis? Does anybody own, uh, golly, uh, uh, being able to drive on the highway. Does anybody own? And these are these rights, privileges, or what? And we've always looked at tennis as a privilege, uh, not a right, but a privilege to play. But everything sort of got goofed up when we started, and people started to try to promote it and market the sport for their own benefits. In other words, the marketeers. Uh, I always uh, coach J.P. Weber is, is a brilliant man, and golly, he's he's at work always on trying to make tennis better and <clears throat> trying to bring call people things that people out for wrong doings with the tennis, but also trying to call organizations out. You know, I love the guy for his passion. You know, he's he's on fire for tennis right now. But the, the point is, he pointed out to me one time, he said, if it weren't for the marketeers and all of these people trying to make a buck off of tennis, our sport would sh still be in a very pure form. It would be prospering more than it is right now. It would be prospering. So what my show is today is about participation versus performance. I believe in the marketing and the marketeering of our sport, what we what has happened is that people have leaned towards those things that dilute, pollute, and prostitute our sport. Because in the end, full and the organizations look at the bottom line numbers of how many people are playing, what demographics do we need to promote, what should we try to do to get a stimulus put in here. And in doing so, whenever you try to use something for your own benefit, whether it's tennis or whether it's education or whether it's your own profession, whenever you try to market, and, and I'm not saying that there isn't some fair marketing things and good marketing things that you do. I'm, I'm not, I don't mean that. But if, whenever you put marketing at the top of what you're trying to do, you dilute, pollute, and you prostitute. And we're going to be back here in just a second and talk about what we should be doing as far as performance versus participation. This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. 
In my 30 years experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis. And over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and I wanted to remind you that we will be doing one week of camps at the Citadel this summer. Also, check out our camp on our website. We will be going to Sumter, South Carolina, and one week in Cookville, Tennessee, folks. Go to ChuckCreasy.net for the blogs, for the books, for the writings, and to find out what we're going to be doing in your area this summer. team 
that plays at the Jelly Donut Park in the Upper Bronx or in Indianapolis somewhere and call it a participation activity, a participation sport. You're, you're, you're afraid to call that 4.0 former college player that's 45 and pudgy now a participation guy. Actually, that 45-year-old guy is afraid to call himself a participation guy also. Well, we, we could have a solution for that. Let's, let's narrow what competition of uh, performance really is, and let's, let's really talk about what participation is. But the USTA website should have a difference between the competitive aspect. Here are the competitive performance uh, events you guys, you all should have. Junior tennis, 12s, 14s, 16s, 18s. Actually, that's too many divisions. If you did it the right way, you would have like the ITF has, you would have 14 and under and 18 and under. The 12 and under division is a waste, and the 16 and under division in both boys and girls is a waste. Too many hoops to jump through over and over and over again. And by the way, 10 and under tennis is a good learning tool. It's a learning tool. It is not a competitive sport. Don't try to make it in that and put it into the participation realm. Now, so we've got juniors, 12, 14, 16, 18. How about making it just juniors, 14s, and 18s? That's in the competitive or the performance uh, under the click on the website. Now, 18 and under 18 plus years, 18 and over, we need a competitive, not club teams, not college burnout, washed out, used to be players here, clubs. We don't need after school participation leagues in this group. We need a competitive 18 plus, old plus division. Now, in that division, have this could be in a, di a division just 18 and above why not the the cream would rise that would allow your weekend warriors the 26 27 year old guys and they won't yet pull a hamstring going for a wide ball but it'll allow the 28 year olds the 30 year olds and have an opportunity to pull a hamstring and then they will realize, whoop, I'm out of this competitive level. Guys, we really, really need the USTA. Do you hear me? We really, really, really need something for our 18 and over, our 19 and over level. We lose players because the only place they have to go to is college. And college is washed up unless they make some changes. College tennis is done, folks. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that because they've diminished it to a participation activity, and it's it's 80% international. Let's, we'll talk about that in a second. But let's get back. So you need 12, 14, 16, and 18, or preferably 12 and 14 and under, 18 and under, two divisions, and then 19 and over, and that's it. Now, you also need state men's ranked players in a, a, a women's open and a men's open in each of our states. And you can, that's it, just an open division. And then it's the professional tennis. So there's five, what I'm 
saying to you here is we need five divisions. Junior tennis, 14 unders, 18 and unders. And then have your rankings according to uh, the uh, just like the ITF does. It's all these other divisions. There's too many. I don't want to even get started. But a kid called me. Uh, my friend called me last week and said, "Oh, we had a we had a player win. Uh, was runner up in the national B division blue group. Uh, left-handed, uh, abbreviated scoring only under the lights division. I mean, I'm saying, what in the world was that? We used to just have about five or six tournaments that counted each year, and you knew who the best players were. So." That's what we need. We need, and then we need an 18, uh, 19 plus. We need state opens for men, state open for women. We need the pros, and we need to use real scoring. We need to use traditional scoring and honor the sport because it would be the same scoring the Bill Tilden, the Rod Lavers, the Stan Smiths, the Arthur Ashes. The Von Gulagongs and the Margaret Courts and all of the great players used. That's it. That's it. That's your competitive tennis. Now, <clears throat> the competitive tennis also would include divisions of college, of course, college, and hopefully high school. And that's a completely uh, different story. In high school, we've made it into after-school activity. Your best players don't play it. Coaches don't go watch it to recruit. Think about this. Any other sport, the coaches are going to watch the the, the basket, Friday night basketball game, Friday night football games. Uh, I was at a wrestling meet the other night. Coaches are there watching the kids and the, the high school wrestling. When is the last time any of you college coaches or high school coaches had college coach come to watch your kids play or one of your kids play. I hope sometime in my all my years of college coaching, every coach has always gone to tournaments where you can see all the players. Our dual match format is part of the culprit. There are other things like a diluted dual match uh, format. You can't play singles and doubles both. You play abbreviated scoring, and you do all the hocus-pocus. These hocus-pocus things that everyone does in trying to get more participants Participation, different than performance. Now, participation is different than performance. But the hocus-pocus that you're using really diminishes the sport because it is just a teaching tool. Do I use no ad sometimes at practice? Yes, I do. Do I use abbreviated sets sometime at practice? Yes, I do. Do I do anything to help the guys learn how to play traditional tennis better? Yes, I absolutely do as a coach. But I would never use it in competition because I want to know who the best player is. Anytime I have challenge matches as a coach, anytime that we have something of value with the sport, I will use traditional scoring because the better player wins. And that's a huge point. Do not use the abbreviated scoring if you want the better player. If you, don't, if you want to find out who the best player is, don't use that. And you'll say, well, they're best at the abbreviated. No, no, no. You get skewed results, and it, it it is never shows who the best players are. So that's my take on what competitive tennis should be. 
the competitive tennis should be just those divisions. Again, juniors, 14s and 18s, a 19-plus division. And it doesn't matter if you're 45 and you want to play in the 19-plus division, you can have that. Then have open men's, open women's. Most of the old fogies would go into that. And uh, But all of the breakdowns, the 45 and unders, the 35 and unders, all those things, do what the heck you want with the scoring system. Do what the heck you want with uh, calling it anything. But it's it's really just a participation. Now, again, real scoring should be used for college. Real sport scoring should be used for high school tennis. Baseball had a lot of the same problems we did 15, 20 years ago, but they stayed pure, and now they are prospering. And remember this, that performance will breed participation. Participation does not breed performance. This is a misnomer. This is a wrong this is wrong thinking. It, it's an ideology that is wrong. In the United States of America, we are not a socialist country. And let me say this, even in the socialist countries of Europe and places, they understand that straight-up competition is the best way to find out who the best players are. But they've got a lot of uh, – they've got a, their, their socialist mentality in other areas – um, you know, or, or <laughs> I, we don't have to like them. We don't. It doesn't matter whether you like them or not. Uh, but in the United States of America, folks, we are a capitalist country. We fight for what we we get, and guess what? If the kids do have to fight for what they get, they respect it, they honor it, and they will stay with it for life. We will no longer be fighting with a barbless or fishing with a barbless hook. Right now, we get the hook in the mouth of the kids who are going to play this wonderful, wonderful sport, and it slides right out. Too daggone bad that it, it slides right out, but it's our own fault. So there's a big difference. The competitive sport should be that. The sport should be honored. We should use traditional scoring. We should use as much uh, tournament play as we can, and let's make it count, the competitive. All right, so let's move on to what is performance tennis. What is the performance tennis? Well, you know what? It's everything else. It's everything else. It's every abbreviated scoring. It's uh, YMCA tennis. It's 10 and under, 10 and under tennis is I'm sorry, did I say performance? It's participation. It is participation tennis. All of this stuff, it does, it's they introduce your kids to the game. And I, use any hocus pocus you want to. It, use the hocus pocus and um, you, you, you'll hook some of the kids for a while, but it will be when they want to transfer uh, to the place where, they are playing something that matters, well, then then they can go over to the competitive arena, to the competitive arena. Right, so everything else, I mean, if you want to call high school tennis an after-school activity, fine, call it, call it what it is. It's sort of like playing in the band. There's a difference between the band and the orchestra. If you make great orchestra, if you make a great orchestra, you will have 
you will have great bands, bands, that's plural, many bands, but you can have 45 bands and, and organize them. You'll never have one great orchestra. This is the mistake that the USTA is doing. Now, the ITA, I just, um, oh, my golly, we have to battle. Listen, that organization is uh, acts like it owns college tennis. It doesn't own college tennis. It is a lobbyist group. It is not an official. The only reason it's official is because the the organizations that run college sport basically have just said, hey, they look like they're the only show in town. Let's use them. And that's as simple as it is. But the ITA has just bastardized our college sport. Our real issues have never been addressed. Our issues of bringing in foreign professionals to play college tennis, uh, bringing in uh, so many hocus-pocus rules that have diminished our sport, trying to market the sport in a way where they have broken down our sport with the abbreviated scoring. There might, two weeks ago I had a program on the UTR. There might be a link. I'm not saying there is, but folks, this UTR, there might be a link with the push to use no ad scoring and these abbreviated scoring with the UTR system. There might be. Uh, there's, there is a push to try to get the ITA and a lot of the things under the UTR, Universal Tennis Rating, by the way, may or may not be a good thing. May or may not be the the, the uh, juries are still out on that one. But the bottom line on the thing is that it is really, really, really um, not in our best interest the direction with the abbreviated scoring and all of the hocus-pocus that they're trying to do. Because in the end, this is the argument. They, they always tell me, oh, excitement, it's so exciting. Excitement dwindles with each occurrence. It's like riding a roller coaster. The first time, oh, it's exciting. Second time, it's not quite as exciting. By the third time, somebody rides a roller coaster and says it's time to go to the Ferris wheel. But excitement dwindles with each occurrence. Drama intensifies with each denial. The drama of our sport is what we should be going after. The drama. I mean, the, the drama of the service games after someone breaks, the ability to lock in a lead and carry a lead is just really and truly one of the toughest, toughest things that a um, that a player has to learn, but our players are not learning it. So the proof's in the pudding in professional tennis. And look, guys, we need, we need these young pros that are coming up right now to make the splash. The, we've got a whole list of very, very talented young pros who are about 17, 18, 19 out there. And we, we need them to really push forward and really do a great job here. But, um, Really, it's been 2002, our last champion. Guys, that's 64 tries in the Grand Slams. And if you take away the Williams sisters, it's been about 80 tries on the women's side. In college tennis, we have three, three players right now in the United States. I think it's just Steven Johnson, uh, 
John Isner and one other, who in the heck, one or two others. That's it as far as top 100. These were American players that went to college. And we have a total of three or four. On the women's side, I think we've had two in the last 20 years. And there's there's a couple reasons for this, but it's been the dumbed down, the uh, the abbreviated scoring, the diminishment of our matches, the, the reduction of practice time. But college right now is not a stepping stone into professionals. In tennis, it might be the only sport where it is not a stepping stone into into professional ranks. I mean, in baseball it is, in golf it is, in football it is, basketball it is, even track and field. You go to college to get that stepping stone. It's the next necessary step. But we have probably, I think the last thing was like 68% of our players here are international players, and most of them have played professional tennis a lot. Uh, thus, we have a rule now that says you can make up to $10,000 and still play college tennis. What? They just uh, – it is sort of, uh, sort of halfway in, halfway out. You're sort of a tweener pro, I guess. You're a tweener pro, and then you get to go to college. So there's nowhere for our high school kids or our state-ranked kids to shoot for. You could be ranked five in the state of Tennessee or North Carolina or Wyoming or anywhere, and if you were in football, you would be getting a full scholarship somewhere, not so in tennis. So parents are getting smart. It's very expensive to take their kids to tournaments, and it's very expensive to to shuttle them around and have all the lessons. And they're finding out that, listen, it will not pay off in any shape or form with a college scholarship. And uh, if you are top 50 or 60 in the country, you'll get a college scholarship. But if you are lower than top 60 in the country, you're going to compete against 60 other nations, top 10 players. And that's just the way it is. And people would argue, good or bad, that, hey, that's maybe good for our – no, it's not. We've flooded the market with international players. And when you do that, uh, USA kids have suffered. And, yeah, okay, USA kids need to get better, but the bottom line on the thing is there is no payoff whatsoever. If the sport has been diminished because we treat every every stepping stone as a participation activity, not as a competitive sport, there's no hook for the kids, there's no love of the sport, you're basically only playing in the band, and guess what? You can't go on and play in the band in college because all of the places in the band and the orchestra in college have been taken by international players. You're not going to play music unless you're just a purist, and we are keeping the purist in there. So the proof's in the pudding. We're not doing well in the pros. College college dead just about. and it, it We've got a chance, but we better get things going in a different direction. And uh, how can we get more Americans in it? I have mentioned to the USTA, USTA, guys, this is what you do. Why not take some of your money, about a million bucks, and, and pay the top five American coaches do things with American? If you've got a, the best American team out there, it's 80%-plus players from USA, good old USA, give somebody a $200,000 bonus. Do something like that. Give them a bonus, and I guarantee you the following year you're going to have twice as many 
coaches out there looking and saying, hey, man, I, if I take an American kid, maybe I can get myself a bonus because that might do it in the right way. It's too late now to penalize people who do not use American players or to say you can only have two. Everybody cries discrimination. Everybody cries uh, bloody murder, that it's wrong, that this is not the American way and all that. Well, we're, or you see where our sport's at. High school tennis, you guys get it going. Come on. You got to dump that format. Let's have more tournament tennis. How about every three to four weeks? How about the first weekend of every month? You have eight or six or four teams meet at a place and do your Friday afternoon, Saturday, all day Saturday tournament tennis, and you will see players starting to uh, who are the top players who now go to their local pro and don't play on your high school team. They'll want to start playing there because guess what? A few college coaches may come out. Tournament tennis promotes that. Dual match tennis is a participation sport. It's better for entry levels. So anyhow, so that's what where we have to go with that. Now, uh, we've got a couple callers in here. I'm going to see if this caller's on the line and uh, see if you want to say anything. Area code 269, do you have anything here you'd like to add today? Uh, to yes, yes. Uh, coach Creasy, uh, Eric Melville here. Uh, I'm not only a hey, coach, Eric. but I'm a parent. And perfect example about the uh, hybrid scoring. Um, we were in Hilton Head. My daughter's 16, and she played the girls' 18. You know, had a tough loss in the third round. You know, won the first set, was up big in the second set, gave it away, was up in a tiebreaker, gave it away, you know. And when it was over, she was pretty much dejected, you know, let's get back to it, let's play another match. And the first thing she asked me, will, they, will we play a complete third set? I'm like, no, 10-point tiebreaker. She said, you know what? This is a waste of money. Let's just go home. Yep. You know, she, she, yep. you know, and, and her, yeah, her thing is like, you know, why play tennis and why work hard? And she's 16 if you're not going to play a third set. And what is going to happen, and I'm seeing it all over, you're like, you're right, it's going to diminish participation because no one, you know, I'm a teaching coach. I also, have to be there to make a living and teach. There's no way I'm going to spend $1,000 to play a 10-point tiebreaker for the third set. Well, you, know. you, you said it best. Have you figured out, uh, Coach, uh, Eric, have you figured out how much? This is another way to do it. I had a parent tell me they spent $1,200 on a tournament, and they they ended up only getting to play 49 games. Now, that's basically 50 into 1200 It cost them $24 a game to play. And then I said, well, think of it. It was a no ad. And they said, no ad. So I said, think about it this way. It was, it was between four and seven points. So it was between basically four to three to $6 per point. And, and uh, yeah. coach, you know, and, and we're all facing this. Uh, what do we do? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, parents parents have the power, uh, but unfortunately what I've found out uh, is that you only have skin in the game while your child is in the game, and exactly. we have to unite the parents somehow. How can we do that? Do you have any co ideas, Coach, how we can do that? And, and, and to, be, to be honest with you, it's going to be hard because just like you mentioned about the college coaches like the no-ad scoring because it creates parity, 
a lot of these parents like the the ten point tiebreaker because it's a it's, it becomes a game of chance. Correct. You know, because yeah, they'll talk about it, especially during the summer because this is our first, uh, this is our second summer in the South. You know, it's hot. Why don't they play a third set? You know, play a tiebreaker. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, so right. that, that's going to be an issue trying to unite the parents. And you have people that have money that don't mind playing a game of chance because they have more opportunities because they have more money to play more game of chances. You know, so we need that, to find, that's, that's going to be. Go ahead. Yeah, we we need to find a solution, Coach. Um, I've been through this a lot. The coaches, literally, uh, we had 80% of the coaches that did not want to go to no ad scoring and the 10-point tiebreakers in college tennis. They wanted to preserve what we had. And there was a coach, there was a petition that Coach Lynn Loring at Indiana University put out. 194 women's coaches signed a petition, said we want to stay with traditional scoring. And the ITA went and they did it anyway. They force-fed everything to through, and uh, it's it's really an abomination. It, it it's awful. Um, we have to write articles. We have to speak up, and. If you get any ideas, Coach, how to get the parents on board, we need to have some articles out there. Um, We've got this article that I've been trying to get out. I've just got a simple handout. It says, Honor the Game, Protect Traditional Scoring, and it brings out all of the important factors of uh, traditional scoring. Um, But we need to do something. If, If you get any ideas, would you mind hollering at me? I, I would oh, love definitely. to. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Anything actually, else? Uh, you know, my daughter actually hit with the Jenkins boy that played for you a couple of times. Okay. Yeah, Jermaine. Yeah. Right there. yeah. That whole family played tennis, and tennis has meant a lot, um, lot for that for that family. Yeah. But yeah, tennis, I work. I work I'm working with Jackie right now, so him and I are teaching at the same place. Give, give them my best oh. wishes. There's, there's tremendous sure. respect I have for everything that they've done and, and, and are doing. And But, listen, God bless you for the work you're doing, Coach. And, listen, just, uh, again, speak the truth. Stand up. Speak out. You can you can address any issue you want as long as you don't make it personal. You just, you just talk yeah. to issues. And all of the learning takes place in those third sets. We've got to do – something for our kids here. Our sport is going to wind up in the trash can. It really is. Exactly. So thank, keep up thanks time, very coach. much for calling in today, Coach. And, folks, we're about out of time. we got a couple minutes here. But I, I, I did want to say, listen, you have more power than you think. Uh, this is America. This, this is that you can stand up, speak out, say what you want to say, stay professional, address issues, not people. But you must, we have a duty to stand up and to speak out and say those things that are that we need to say. And we're about out of time for today, guys. Uh, but thanks for listening to American Tennis. We need to, again, promote our sport, honor the sport, and it will honor us. Thanks very, very much for listening to American Tennis today. This is Coach.
stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.